Just a quick heads up that I am currently on maternity leave, which means that the Fertility Co podcast is taking a break. But please don't panic because I'm already working on some exciting things behind the scenes. And when I come back, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you a brand new, completely free mini course all about ovulation and finding your fertile window. In the meantime, there are still heaps of ways that you can continue to learn about your fertility and your menstrual cycle while I take a break. If you're just getting started with charting your cycle, you can check out my free fertility roadmap. If you want to dive deeper and learn exactly when you're ovulating, then you can watch my Fix Your Fertility Masterclass. There is, of course, also my Conceive with Confidence workshop series and, of course, my flagship online program, Fertility School. If you want individualized support from a trained fertility educator, that's me, then you can book in to my wait list for a one-on-one consult. And I would love to work with you to achieve your fertility goals in 2024. Spots are strictly limited though, and links to all of those resources are in the show notes. In this episode, we're talking about hormonal contraception and specifically the pill. We're diving deep into the little known effects that it can have on your body, how it actually works to suppress ovulation, and how long you might be waiting for your fertility to return once you ditch the hormones for good. Rachel and I am obsessed with all things periods, pregnancy, pelvic floor, and helping women just like you to navigate all of life's major milestones. I'm a physiotherapist and natural fertility educator, and my passion is teaching women how to take control of their health. Fertility, pregnancy, nutrition, and menstrual cycle health will dive deep into all of it right here. All those questions you've been secretly Googling, all those things you're too embarrassed to ask your doctor because, well, we're women. Shouldn't we just know this? stuff so get comfy and get ready to finally have all of your questions answered hit subscribe now and let me teach you what they never taught us in health class you're listening to the mana women's wellness podcast want to say goodbye to hormonal contraceptives and their weird and unpleasant side effects want to improve your chances of conceiving quickly and naturally sounds like you need my fertility roadmap my simple three-step system to understanding your body's natural fertile signs and pinpointing ovulation day so that you can use this knowledge to achieve or avoid pregnancy to grab your free copy head over to manawomenswellness.com forward slash roadmap Welcome to episode number 19 of the Mana Women's Wellness Podcast and the very first episode of 2021. I'm your host, Rachel, and I have missed you. It has been a minute since I sat down and recorded some new episodes of the podcast, but I will say that the break after the year that was 2020 was really quite lovely. I hope you've been really well. I've been working on some incredibly exciting things behind the scenes, and I really can't wait to share them with you soon. But for now, I thought I'd kick off the new series of the podcast with a bang and address a topic that I know a lot of you have really been wanting to know more about, and that is the pill, how to prepare to come off hormonal contraceptives and what to expect. Now, this was something that I felt completely clueless about when I first stopped taking the pill and decided to commit to learning more about my menstrual cycle and use a natural method of birth control. It was slightly terrifying, but totally worth it. And all I can say now looking back is that 
I wish I had done it sooner. Did you know that the pill was the very first medication that was prescribed to perfectly healthy women to treat something that was not actually a health problem? Instead, it works by shutting down a completely natural process of the female body, ovulation. And that little fold-out pamphlet of information that you get with all medications these days, that one that lists ingredients, how to use it, and most importantly, the side effects. Well, it was the pill and the disclosure of its many, many side effects that led to drug companies actually having to include that information with with the medication. Now, the pill has been responsible for many changes in our society since it was first on the market in 1960, and it played an enormous role in the women's sexual revolution at the time. And it's now estimated that there are about 10 million women using the pill worldwide. But how well do you really know what effect that tiny little pill is actually having on your body? If you currently take hormonal contraceptives or have done so in the past, like many of us have, how well did the doctor who first prescribed it to you actually explain what it does and its potential side effects? I certainly was never told. And to be completely honest, I don't think I ever would have taken the pill in the first place if someone had actually sat me down and told me properly all about it. And most important of all, if someone had told me that there were other options that were equally as effective. So in today's episode, I am diving deep into the pill. This episode has been a long time coming and I have so much to say that I'm breaking it up into two episodes. So in this first episode, part one, I'm going to be talking about the pill itself, how it works, its potential long and short-term effects on your body and your fertility, and how long it takes for your menstrual cycle to normalize and your fertility to return after stopping hormonal contraception. And then in the next episode, I'll be diving deeper into what to expect in your cycles and your fertile signs after coming off contraceptives. And I'll take you through step by step how to come off the pill and explore fertility charting as your birth control method. So let's start at the beginning with how the pill actually works to prevent pregnancy. Most pills will come in a 28-day pack. That magical 28-day cycle pops up once again. And the pack has both hormone pills, usually containing both an artificial version of estrogen and progesterone, as well as a week of sugar pills. And when you take the sugar pills, you'll have a withdrawal bleed until you start taking the hormone pills again. But this is not a real period. This was basically added in by the pill designers so that women wouldn't freak out about not having a period at all. So they felt more normal. And because you're not really having a period, you don't ovulate. So there's no need to menstruate. This means that your bleeding is lighter, it's regular, and it's often less painful. Again, because it's not really a period. And yes, it does help women with symptoms of polycystic ovaries and endometriosis, and it is often prescribed for these types of concerns to make women's lives more bearable and avoid any potential scarring and damage that can occur every menstrual cycle. And it's also been suggested that the pill can reduce your risk of uterine, ovarian, and bowel cancer. See, I'm sharing the positives about the pill too. I'm trying to be as unbiased as I possibly can here. The pill works by ultimately overriding our body's normal hormone feedback system. Now, the end result is that the body does not release the hormones that it needs to stimulate the release of an egg, meaning that when we're on the pill, we do not ovulate. 
As an extra backup, the pill also stops the cervix from producing that fertile quality mucus that we need to keep sperm alive and get it to the egg. Because if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time now, you'll have heard me say that your cervical mucus is the key to your fertility. So if you know anything about how cervical mucus usually changes throughout a menstrual cycle, and if you don't, I'd recommend going back and listening to the Menstrual Cycle Masterclass series of this podcast. I'll add all the links in the show notes. You would know that on any day you see this slippery, wet cervical mucus, then you're fertile. So anytime you feel dry around your vulva or you see a sticky, thick mucus, you are not fertile. And guess what kind of mucus you're going to be seeing most days when you're on the pill? Yep, that non-fertile sticky stuff that closes the cervix, blocks sperm, and creates an inhospitable environment for them to actually survive. The pill also stops the uterine lining, the endometrium, from thickening up in preparation for implantation of a fertilized egg. So basically, the pill stops ovulation. It stops sperm from reaching and fertilizing an egg that likely hasn't been released in the first place. And as a final failsafe, it stops the endometrium from thickening up so that even if an egg was released and sperm made it through to fertilize it, it still wouldn't be able to settle into the uterus and actually develop into an embryo. So what this means is that for the length of time that you're on hormonal contraceptives like the pill, you are effectively in a menopausal state. And whether that's one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, you're not ovulating, you're not menstruating, and your menstrual cycle has effectively been switched off. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. this just for that five-day window of time when you can actually get pregnant. And while for some women, especially those with irregular, unpredictable, or painful periods, the pill is a blessing because it switches off those symptoms. And that's why the pill is prescribed for so many different problems. So acne, endometriosis, painful or heavy periods, the list goes on and on. But unfortunately, it's a Band-Aid solution because, sure, it's making the symptoms disappear, but it's not addressing the reasons why these symptoms are appearing in the first place. So if you first go on the pill as a teenager because of period symptoms that might just be happening because your body is still getting used to having a period, if you stay on the pill for the next 10, 15 years until you're actually ready to have a baby, you stop taking the pill and guess what? All of those symptoms that were covered up when you first started taking it will come back. And this is exactly why I recommend that women stop taking hormonal contraceptives about two years before they're ready to get pregnant. I know that sounds like the hell of a long time, and I know that that is easier said than done, because we don't always know where we'll be two years from now. 
But unfortunately, this is how long it can take for some women's periods to return to some degree of normal when they stop taking hormonal contraceptives. And this isn't all women. I was on the pill for 10 years and my period came back within a month, but it definitely wasn't the normal healthy period that I'm seeing now. It was two to three weeks long. For some women, it's the other extreme. It might be two to three months long. My cycle was really short. My periods were really light and it took months of particularly focusing on nutrition to balance my hormones and really restore my menstrual cycle to something that was natural and normal for me. So now I want to talk about some of the long and short-term side effects of hormonal contraceptives. And one of the big ones is that irregular bleeding. So some women will find that they spot during their cycles if they try to skip a period. Some will feel nauseous. They'll complain of sore boobs, headaches, bloating, skin changes, mood changes, weight gain. And they all sort of sound like those typical PMS hormonal imbalance type symptoms that we've heard of before, right? But there are also some quite serious side effects too, like blood clots and deep vein thrombosis. And they say that if you smoke, then you should not be on the pill for the increased risk of blood clots. And blood clots can then lead to stroke and heart disease. It can cause crippling migraines and headaches, high blood pressure, heart and liver disease, and it can also increase your risk of breast cancer. I have heard of so many women who have experienced crippling mood swings and depression on the pill, but the pill was never really considered as the reason. So instead they were prescribed antidepressants and it wasn't until they actually stopped taking the pill that they noticed that shift in their moods and that they no longer actually needed antidepressants. And after having a baby, it's really not recommended to go straight back on the pill for the first six weeks and not while breastfeeding because it can affect your milk supply and increase your risk of those blood clots. And that's not to mention the nutritional deficiencies that many women end up with after long-term pill use as well. So the way that our body absorbs nutrients from our food can be affected, and many women can end up with nutritional deficiencies that they never actually knew about. And this is another reason why it's ideal to have a considerable window of time to restore your normal menstrual cycle and hormone balance before actually trying to conceive. Because if you fall pregnant when you've still got these nutrient deficiencies, then that can make pregnancy a whole lot harder and it can leave you really depleted at the other end. Now, I don't say these things to scare you. I'm not here to pill bash. As I said, I was on the pill for 10 years and it served its purpose, really. For some of it, it was birth control because I was taught that being on the pill was the responsible thing to do and the only real way to prevent pregnancy. And I think that a lot of women my age were taught the same thing. And for a lot of that time, to be honest, I stayed on the pill for the convenience. I mean, it cleared up my skin and the knowledge that my period came reliably on a Tuesday morning at about 11 o'clock and it would be over in about three days. That was great. If the timing didn't suit me, if I was traveling, I skipped it. And in hindsight, shout out to my mum who actually sat me down at 18 and advised me against going on the pill. I was honestly too busy being mortified that my mum knew I was having sex to pay attention to what she was really saying. Increased risk of breast and endometrial cancer, blood clots, high blood pressure, depression, low libido, all these things that I definitely was never told about when I went and asked for my first prescription. My gripe, and I know the gripe of many women out there, is that nobody ever told us this stuff. Nobody ever warned us of the potential side effects. 
Ultimately, it's all about informed consent. And as a physio, this is something that is drilled into us right from the beginning. As young women likely still developing and our menstrual cycles are still regulating, who's telling us about these long-term side effects of our fertility and our overall health when we're asking for a prescription? Because we're discovering sex and we're trying to be responsible because high school sex ed taught us that the only surefire way to avoid pregnancy is to be on the pill. That is my gripe because if I had actually listened to my mum or if my doctor or the pharmacist had given me more information and not just handed it over, I don't think I would have been on it for 10 years. I don't think I would have been on it at all because all women at the end of the day deserve that right to informed consent. They need to know what they're putting in their bodies every single day to understand that we can't get pregnant every day and that there are really simple, natural and effective methods of birth control available that are equally as effective as hormonal contraceptives. So I think if you are well aware of all of these side effects and you still decide that the pill is for you, good on you, more power to you, as long as you have that informed consent, as long as you know exactly what you're agreeing to when you're putting that pill in your body every single day. So how long does it actually take for your fertility to return after stopping hormonal contraceptives? Well, that is the question that we're all asking at the other end of things when we're ready to stop taking the pill or we've recently stopped taking it either because we want to explore other non-hormonal options or we're ready to start a family. And the problem is that the length of time for your fertility to return will vary a lot for every woman. So some women will ovulate and get a period almost straight away. Others will be waiting months for their first period, and they might end up being two to three month long cycles. And these cycles are so long because the body is attempting to ovulate multiple times before it's actually successful. And if you've listened to the Menstrual Cycle Masterclass series, so that's episodes 12 to 15 of the podcast, where we dove in deep to each of the four phases of the menstrual cycle, then if you've listened listen to these episodes, then you would know that we can't move on to the luteal phase of our cycle, the second half of our cycle, until ovulation has actually occurred, meaning that we can't prepare to have a period if we haven't yet ovulated. So the follicular phase, the phase between our period and ovulation, ends up being far longer than we expect. And if our cycle is 60 days long, we likely won't actually ovulate until day 45 or 50. So if you're not charting your cycle, you've got no idea when that's actually happened. Because once again, we've been fed that day 14 is when we ovulate, regardless of how long our cycle is. So if you started taking the pill purely just for birth control and you weren't using it to manage a period problem, so if you can remember back to before you started taking the pill and your cycles were pretty normal and regular with no real concerns, you're most likely going to fall into that category of your period and ovulation returning quite quickly. So you will likely ovulate a couple of weeks after stopping the pill and then you'll have your first period and another one a couple of weeks after that. This is most likely if you are experiencing regular length cycles with no dramatic symptoms before you started taking the pill. And for the majority of women, this should all have normalized within about six months. In rare cases, it can take up to a year or more for ovulation to occur and for periods to return. But the pill itself is not the reason why. The pill is not the reason why you haven't had your period after a year. It's because the pill was likely to have been masking an underlying condition like 
polycystic ovaries, PCOS, or thyroid issues, something else has been going on that has caused your period not to return. The concern has always been there, but it's been masked while you're on the pill because you were having a withdrawal bleed. Remember, you weren't having a real period. So even if you are one of those lucky ones whose period does return quite quickly, you might still have a cycle that's a little bit wonky for a few cycles until your hormones have rebalanced and your body has recovered. We'll talk more about what to expect in your chart and what your cycle might look like in the next episode, part two of this series. But what you'll likely see is a hormonal imbalance and likely low progesterone. It's really common in the first couple of cycles after stopping the pill to notice abnormalities in your mucus in particular, and it's also common for women to notice not much mucus at all for the entire cycle, but this will normalize. Your regular mucus patterns will come back as your hormones rebalance. It's also quite common for women to experience thyroid issues when coming off hormonal contraceptives. And again, this is all related to hormonal imbalance. So you might notice this if you track your temperature in particular, because your temperature for the duration of your cycle might actually be a little bit lower than expected. And this is why charting the return of your fertility when coming off the pill is so important, because it's pretty common for women who have been on the pill for so long that they can't really remember what a normal menstrual cycle ever looked like before they actually started the hormones. So they just don't know whether there was an underlying condition pre-pill. And again, I don't say these things to discourage you because ultimately we just aren't given enough information about the pill when we first consider it for birth control. And it's not until we want another option when we want to start a family that we go looking for the answers as to why things aren't happening like we thought they would. And it's such a common question that women just don't know what to expect when they come off the pill. They don't know what's normal and what they not, what might need to be investigated. And I know that that can be incredibly frustrating, especially if you're a timeline and planning on starting a family. And it's often not clear, like as I said, if you've got these thyroid issues and hormonal imbalances, it's hard to know if this is just a short-term problem because you've just come off the pill and your hormones are rebalancing, or whether or not this was a long-term problem that the pill was masking all along. There's really unfortunately no clear way to know unless you're monitoring these symptoms and monitoring a return of your fertility and monitoring hormonal rebalance over time. Once when I was at the doctor's getting a new script, he asked me whether I used the pill for birth control or period control, and I would have been far too embarrassed to admit that I was actually having sex, even though I was on the pill, so I'm pretty positive that I would have told him period control. But there were no follow-up questions, and it's now years and years later that I think about that conversation and how different things could have actually been if we'd had a conversation following on from his one random question, if he'd actually had the answers and explanations that I needed. I mean, I'd likely still be in the same position I am right now, but maybe I wouldn't have been on the pill for 10 years out of pure convenience. How many of us don't even bother listing it as a regular medication that we're taking when filling out those medical forms? I'm certainly guilty of this because it wasn't a health problem, so it didn't count. But God knows the effect that it was having on my body and the forms that I was filling in and not mentioning this was was probably important to know in hindsight. 
And what about those countless other teenagers and young women who are being prescribed the pill because of acne, painful periods, and other symptoms that are likely signs of an underlying health condition that probably won't be investigated until it's time to start trying to have a baby and things just aren't working? Like I've said throughout this episode, I'm not here to pill bash. I think that there's a lot of pill bashing in the line of work that I do. And honestly, I believe that every method of contraception has its place. But I think that if we were better educated about the potential side effects of the pill and it wasn't consistently being used as a band-aid solution for so many problems, then there probably wouldn't be as many 16, 17, 18-year-old females rushing out to get it as soon as they became sexually active. And I was one of them. I think that this is something that is really true about our world. If you are having sex, you have to be on the pill. Otherwise, you get pregnant. From our teenage years, we are taught that we only have two options. Take the pill, take some method of hormonal birth control or get pregnant. But there is another option. Learning to interpret what your body is telling you is the other option. It's free. It has zero side effects and it's equally as effective as the pill, 99.4%. And I know that if someone had told me about this option when I was considering birth control and trying to be responsible and do the right thing, I would have taken the time to learn about it 10 years earlier than I actually did. And if you're already on the pill and you've been debating coming off, um, if you're wanting to come off to start a family, but you don't want to start a family right away and there's that window of time in between where you don't want to get pregnant, but you don't want to be on the pill you feel really stuck and you feel really overwhelmed and like you don't know what the hell you're doing. And I get it because coming off hormonal birth control was terrifying for me too. I've been there and it honestly took me months of consistently charting to really work through my fear of getting pregnant. And this fear is very real and I think that it's something that sticks with us from the moment we first learn about sex and when we start having sex for ourselves. And it's become so ingrained in us over time that we actually forget that there are other options out there that are effective. Women believe that they have no choice but to continue to take the pill right up to when they know they are ready to get pregnant because they believe that by not taking the pill, by not taking hormonal birth control, it's just a matter of time before they get pregnant. And it's this idea that we're just a ticking time bomb unless we're on the pill that keeps us on it for so much longer than we need to be or than we even want to be, because we really don't believe that there's any other option. And when you think about it that way, it's really, it's really quite sad. Now, don't get me wrong, barrier methods are still extremely important in preventing sexually transmitted infection. But what happens when you're in a committed relationship where there isn't that risk of infection, when you still need a reliable method of birth control? And that's where we're taught that hormonal birth control is our only option, right? And in my sex ed experience, we were kind of taught both, like, yes, use a condom, but condoms fail. They're 98% effective when used correctly. But what about that 2%? They're good as a backup. You need to be on the pill to really make sure that none of that sperm gets through, right? And we're basically being taught that unless the method is hormonal, it's not really a legitimate form of birth control. Translation, unless we're willing to put our bodies in a state similar to menopause during our teens, our 20s, our 30s, in what are really our prime fertile years, unless we're doing this, we're really not doing the whole birth control thing properly. 
So I feel like with this episode, I have gone on a little bit of a rant, a little bit of a tangent. I promise I will climb off my high horse now because I really just want to set the record straight and bust that myth. It is possible to avoid unplanned pregnancy effectively without hormones. It is possible to learn how to understand your body's fertile signs and use a method of fertility awareness as your main birth control. And this will empower you to choose exactly how you want to manage your fertile window during every cycle. And the best part is that it can change. You can use a combination of withdrawal, another method where taught doesn't work, condoms, a diaphragm, abstinence on your fertile days. You can change your mind every single cycle, every single fertile window, and actually do what works for you. Mix and match a couple. Use them all. You have options. I really hope you found this episode helpful and insightful. In next week's episode, I'm going to go through the actual process of coming off the pill and the the important steps that I want you to be able to take to really build your confidence, especially if you're wanting to use this method as birth control, which is absolutely possible to do and something that I've been using for years now. If you learned something new or found value in today's episode, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you about what you, what your experience was like when you came off the pill or potentially what your experience was like going on the pill and when you were prescribed it for the very first time. I'd love to have a chat about this. So send me a DM on Instagram and let me know, have a chat with me. And as always, let me know exactly what you want me to talk about in upcoming episodes too. So Shout out to Annabelle who made the suggestion of this episode. I really want to um, answer as many questions as I possibly can. So if there's something that you want to know more about, let me know and I'll try and record an episode for, for you because this podcast is ultimately for you and I want to talk about the things that are the most important to you. So you can get today's show notes with everything I talked about in this episode as well as links to freebies and other related episodes at manawomenswellness.com forward slash 19. And in case you didn't hear it in the intro, I have a brand new freebie for you as well, my fertility roadmap. So this is my super simple three-step system to understanding your body natural fertile signs and pinpointing ovulation day so that you can use this knowledge to achieve or avoid pregnancy. So if you want to say goodbye to hormonal contraceptives and the potential side effects that we talked about today, or if you're ready for pregnancy and you want to improve your chances of conceiving quickly and naturally, then head over to today's show notes or head over to minorwomenswellness.com forward slash roadmap and you can check out my brand spanking new website, which I am completely obsessed with. And while you're there, you can get your hands on this roadmap too. So I will see you in next week's episode, which is going to be the second part of today's episode, where we'll talk specifically about how to prepare for coming off the pill and what to expect in your menstrual cycles and your fertility as your hormones rebalance and your body recovers. So if you enjoyed today's episode, you don't want to miss part two. Bye for now. Don't forget that knowledge is power. When you truly understand your body, you are empowered to make informed decisions and take control of your health. And I think that is especially important when it comes to birth control and hormones. Until next time. If you've made it this far, you deserve a huge virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Mana Women's Wellness Podcast. New episodes are released every Wednesday, so make sure you hit subscribe now so you don't miss when the latest goes live. Why not make my day and leave me a quick rating and review while you're over there? If you want more, head on over to Instagram at Mana Women's Wellness, slide into my DMs and say hello, or you can visit manawomenswellness.com forward slash podcast for show notes and access to all of the freebies that I talked about in this episode. Until next time.
let's talk about TempDrop. TempDrop's wearable sensor and accompanying charting app brings the full fertility tracking solution right to your phone, where the TempDrop sensor on your upper arm during sleep and then just sync to the charting app whenever it's convenient for you. TempDrop believes that every woman should be empowered and equipped with the knowledge to take control of their body. Sound familiar? That's where TempDrop steps in to provide clear, science-backed technology to help you to better track your cycle. I only recommend products that I use and love, and I love my TempDrop tracker. You can get 10% off your tracker with the code AFFertilityCo or head to fertilityco.com.au forward slash TempDrop for more information.